Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. to do here. Lord, I'm praying you will touch the hearts of someone. Holy Spirit, I commit your people to your hand. Speak to them. Minister to them powerfully. Do what only you can do. Only you can convict. Only you can touch. Only you can encourage. Do everything that your word is intended to do so that our lives will never remain the same. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I'm going to share briefly to you on a message I titled, A Beautiful Exchange. A Beautiful Exchange. Because the story of the cross is the story of a divine exchange. And that's why it's so powerful. And that's why it's so meaningful. And that's why it's so relevant. Because if you sit down here and say, you know what? What is the relevance of somebody dying on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago? Yes, maybe they lied against him. Yes, you know, maybe some people conspired against him. Yes, maybe the Pharisees did what what they were not supposed to do. They plotted against an innocent man. And, you know, they brought, they trumped up false charges against him. They found him guilty. They took him to the cross. They nailed him to the cross. He died. He was buried. Yes, it's powerful that he rose again. But it's a story that happened over 2,000 years ago. Why is that important? I mean, why is that worthy of celebration? Why should we, over 2,000 years later, still continue to talk about it? Why is that different from so many other injustices that has happened all over the world? I'm sure over the last 2,000 years or several thousand years, many people have been conspired against. Many people have been falsely accused. Many people have been unjustly, you know, uh, judged, you know, and killed. And, you know, even up to now, we still have stuff like that happening. Why is this particularly different? It is different because what Jesus did is an exchange for us. That's why it's relevant to us. What happened on the cross of Calvary was what was supposed to happen to you and I. Jesus going to the cross wasn't just an historical fact, even though it is an historical fact. It is also our spiritual reality. It is about you. It is not really about Jesus. And that is very, very, very important to know. That's why it's relevant to us. That is why it's worthy of celebration. There is a spiritual meaning to that. And it's significant to your present, your future, and your eternity. That is why it's not just a story. It is a spiritual reality for you and I. Praise the name of Jesus. 
Now, why was Jesus qualified to do that? What qualifies Jesus? What qualifies Jesus is the fact that he is the Son of God. Right? The Son of God becomes the Son of Man so that he can die on our behalf. Now, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Every one of us has a sentence of death in us because every one of us has sinned. If there's anyone who has never sinned here, maybe you can wave your hand. You know, then maybe we'll pray for you to be delivered from the sin of lying, right? <laughs> All right? And that is true. That is, spirit, that is God's spiritual principle. Every act of sin must be punished. All right? Every act of sin must be punished. And we have all sinned. You know, none of us can, you know, can say, you know, I've, I've, I've lived all my life. You know, I haven't done anything. No, we have all sinned. Then Jesus decided, agreed to pay the price. Instead of us bearing or paying the price of our sin, right, Jesus went to the cross instead of us, right? So we took his righteousness. Now, what makes Jesus especially qualified is because he had no sin, all right? So he did not deserve to die. There was no element of sin in his life, completely righteous. The only person that can claim to righteousness. In fact, he said, the prince of this world, which is the devil, came and found nothing in me. There was nothing in him. There was no sin. There was no sin in his thought, in his way of life, in his conduct. Absolute perfection that God is looking for in us. So Jesus has the absolute perfection. We have imperfection, which is sin. He has absolute perfection, which is called righteousness. So when Jesus went to the cross... He took your place. When Jesus went to the cross, he went as you. The sentence of death on you and I, he decided to take it upon himself. That is why it is significant. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, the only person that could have done that is Jesus. Because he's righteous and he chose to die. He is both God, Son of God, and Son of Man. So the Son of God, who is absolute perfection of God, decided to become the Son of Man so he can be in the position to die for us. Now, if Jesus is not God, he's not capable of saving us. That's why he must be God. Right? The only person that can save must be able to save. Hallelujah. So because he's God, he is capable of saving us. I'd like us to read Hebrews chapter 7. I will read a few verses there. Actually, it's on the screen. I would like all of us to read it together if you can. Let's, let's go. One, two. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. 
because he always lives to intercede for them. Let's stop there. First of all, Jesus is able to save completely to the uttermost. If you are reading the King James Version or New King James Version, he's able to save to the uttermost. He has the power, of course, because he lives. He continues to live. So he didn't just die. He rose, right? And he continues to live, making intercession for us. Let's go to verse 26. Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heaven. That's why he's qualified. Why? He's holy, he's blameless, he's pure, he's set apart from sinners. He's not one of us in the sense of his righteousness. Let's go to verse 27. Unlike other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sin of the people. He sacrificed for their sin once for all when he offered himself. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Now, in those days, the high priest, you know, because they were sinners, when they, before they go into the temple, before they go into the tabernacle, before they go into the Holy of Holies, they call it, which is the holy place, to offer sacrifices, they must offer sacrifice for themselves first. Because they were sinners. They were, you know, they were not blameless. In fact, historically, what they would do was to, to, to tie a chain around their belt, all right, or around their waist, and hold it outside, and they go into the Holy of Holies. Because if there was a sin in their life, they could die. God could strike them dead. Now, it was only the high priest that could go into the holy place. So nobody could get there to get the body. So they have to drag him with that chain in case something happens to him. Now, so he's saying, you know, Jesus is not in the league of those. Jesus is perfect. You know, he has no sin. He did not need to do all that. But he offered himself. His offering wasn't just bulls, wasn't just rams. He's himself. And what, because he's God, he's able to do all that. Praise the name of Jesus. But also there's something special about Jesus. He's also man. Because he is also man, he is capable of understanding us. He's capable of understanding our problems. He's capable of understanding our weakness. He's capable of relating with us. Because you can't save someone you cannot have compassion for. Right? You can risk your life for someone you don't have compassion for. You can go out of your way to do something for someone you can relate with. For someone you don't even know what you're going through. Maybe you don't even think their problem is a problem. Right? Sometimes we can, you know, we can deal with some things because we can't relate. But Jesus can relate with us. We're going to read Hebrews chapter 2. You know, I'm going to read, we're going to read a few verses there. Maybe if you can put it on the screen so we can read uh, something that talks about the humanity of Jesus. Let's go. One, two. Let's read it together. For this reason, he had to be made like them. Like who? Like us. So Jesus had to be made like them, right? Let's go. Fully human in every way. 
in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Did you see that? So Jesus had to be God to be able to save us, because that is, that's the only reason why he has the capacity to save, right? But he also has to be man, fully God and fully man. Let's read the verse 18. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who have been tempted. So Jesus was made man so he can have compassion, so he can be merciful, so he can relate. And that's what makes Jesus uniquely qualified to be our Savior. Praise the name of Jesus. So the Son of Man, the Son of God becomes the Son of Man so that all of us can become sons and daughters of God. That is the message of salvation. It takes the enemy to prevent people from understanding it and accepting it. It is such a powerful message. It's such an incredible offer. It's a divine exchange. It's a beautiful exchange. Beautiful for us. Very ugly for him. He went to the cross, crucified, so that you can call yourself righteous. And that's very important. So we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And people say, so why do, why do we need all this? I thought... I should just try to be as good as I can. I should just try to live my life, do all the, you know, do the good, make sure my good outweighs my bad. That's what many, that's what many people think. And that's the natural way to think. Now, the problem is God doesn't take anything less than righteousness. Doesn't take anything less than 100%. 70% doesn't work with him, 80% doesn't work with him, 95% doesn't work with him. You are either righteous or you are not. When you meet with him, you either present him righteousness or nothing at all. In fact, God is too pure to behold iniquity. He's too pure to accept anything less than perfect. He said, be ye perfect. It's my heavenly father. He's perfect. What God needs is perfection. You and I, we don't have perfection. We can never have perfection on ourselves. Then somebody is giving, somebody has given us perfection. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Somebody has given us perfection. And when we go to him, that's what we present. And that's why he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name. Why do we pray in the name of Jesus? Because that's the only name acceptable. That's the only perfection that we can present to God. There's no other name, according to Acts chapter 10, under the heaven, given among men, whereby we can be saved. So there's no other way anyone can be saved. It is by presenting Jesus that you have perfection with the Father. 
Praise the name of Jesus. So it's very important for you to understand that. And that's why Jesus is it. It's the big deal. It's everything to a believer. You know, it's everything to us. There's nothing outside of him. There's no relationship with God outside of Jesus. There's no connection with God outside of Jesus. He is the perfect sacrifice of the Father. He's under him that you can go to the Father and find acceptance. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why it's a beautiful exchange. It's a beautiful exchange. Unfortunately, many people still miss it. I think people miss it because it's too good. They, they don't even believe that it's possible. Sometimes people miss it because they are deceived. Because the enemy tells them, you know, I don't, you know, I think just, just try, just, just work for it. You know, just do things. The enemy thinks, oh, you know, he tells them all kinds of lies. And that's why people don't accept this sacrifice. The, the, another good thing about having Jesus as our Savior is that he continues to live. He's not a Savior that was dead. Yes, he gave his life. He was crucified. But on the third day, he rose again. So you don't serve a God that is dead. You serve a God that is alive. And the Bible says, he lives making intercession for us. He helps us. All right? He helps us to live the life. Yes, the Christian life, it seems difficult for many people. It seems, oh, God's requirement, I have to do this. No, 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 no. One thing about our Savior, he helps us to write the exam. He helps us to live the life. He hasn't asked us to do it alone. No, he is alive. He's always there to help. Praise the name of Jesus. I want us to go back to Hebrews chapter 2 and read it again. Let's read it again. I want us to read it again so we can understand it better. Why Jesus is it? It's the big deal. It's the all in all. Can we read it together again? I think you will understand what I'm talking about. Let's go one, two. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Now, let's read 18 together. 18 is very important. Let's go one, two. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who have been He's able to help because he's alive. He's not dead. He's not in the grave. He's here. He's with us. So when you're being tempted, when you're going through, when you're being challenged, you can always call on Jesus because he's, he's there to help you for the work. Praise the name of Jesus. So what does this mean for us? What does it mean to how we live? What is our responsibility? And that's where we're going to end. Second Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 and 15. Hallelujah. Do we have it on the screen? All right. So I want all of us to read this together. Can we read this together? One, two, go. For Christ's love compels us. 
because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, for him who died for Amen. If it's true, there was an exchange, and there was. The one that get to live must honor the one that died on their behalf. You know, I've read a lot of stories, but we had one recently in New Jersey of a principal that decided to donate his, uh, is it bone marrow? Or somebody far away. You know, and he lost his life in the course of doing that. In the course of trying to save another person, I think all the way in France, the person they didn't even know, but he decided to, the person needed a bone marrow transfer, uh, transplant so they can leave. And this man here decided, you know what, I'm going to go through the risk of donating my own bone marrow so this person can leave. It turned out to be, unfortunately, the man lost his life. Lost his life trying to save another person. Now, he didn't go there with the intention of losing his life. But unfortunately, he lost his life. Just imagine the, other, the person on the other side of the ocean in France. Who get to leave? Because someone died. How should that individual live? I think they should live with recognition that I have my life because somebody has lost theirs. And that's, and that's what the Bible is telling us. That we must be compelled by God's love because we can no longer live for yourself. You can no longer, you can no longer, it is not, I don't even know how to describe it, to live for yourself, to live like it doesn't exist, to live like it's not the Lord of your, you are not, because you don't deserve to live at all. Now, and do you know the definition of sin is to live for yourself. That's sin. Sin is, the root of sin is to be my own boss. But that's, that's the original sin. That's the knowledge of good and evil. That's the fruit that Adam and Eve ate. It is self-focused, self-conscious life. It is self-focused and self-conscious life that leads to sinful life. Tell me of anything that is not rooted in self-focus or self-consciousness. This Easter, let's change that. Let's say no more self-centered life. Let's say I can no longer live for myself. I will live for him who died because of me, who paid the price. The reason why you have eternity in view 
the reason why you should be at peace about your future, the reason why you don't need to worry about whether you are going to go to heaven or not. Your heaven is assured if you put your faith in Christ Jesus. It's not because of anything you have done. It's because of what he has done. If you can have somebody on the keyboard, please, you know. That's why. It's because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. So I don't want anyone to leave this place today still living for themselves. I would like to encourage you. I would like to encourage you to give it all out for him. I want all of us to pray. I want all of us to pray. I'd like us to rise up and pray. I'd like us to rise up and pray. Amen. I like the, I want the message of Easter. I want the lesson of Easter to be, I can no longer live for myself. In fact, I want you to say it. Because he died. I can no longer live for myself, but for him who died for me. That's awesome. Are you living for yourself? I think many of us need to repent. We need to repent that we just live for ourselves. We wake up, we just don't even think about him. We wake up, we just don't even say, wow, I'm alive because of him. I want us to go before God and repent. Because that's the real definition of sin. Say, Lord, we are sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. That I'm living for myself. My life is so self-centered. Self-focused. I can't even go a whole day without even thinking of you. Without thinking of the fact that I... You died for me. I'm alive because of what you did. Because you gave your life, I get to keep mine. That you were wounded for my transgression. You were bruised for my iniquities. The punishment that brought me peace was upon you. Father, please help me to keep this eternity in perspective. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name, we have prayed. Why don't heads are bow? If you are here, you like to say, "Look, I want to give it all for Jesus." I like to pray for you, and because that's this service is, is all about that. It's all about recognizing what Jesus did, and what's the purpose of putting together a service like this without really making sure everyone has the opportunity to give it all for Jesus. If you want to make that decision, I'd like you to wave your right hand to me because i like to pray for you. Please, don't leave. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. God bless you. Any other person in the room? I think there are a few other people that need to make that decision who haven't made it. There are a few that I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. To make that wonderful decision so that we all know everyone here who experienced Jesus. Everyone here we have an assurance. 
that when I die, I will spend my eternity with him. Any other person? I've had two people. Any other person who is in the, who is in the house? You want to say, Jesus, Pastor, pray for me so that I can really have, I can know this Jesus. All right. So I'll pray for those two people. I just like, I like, to, I like you to just signify against what I know. I see you. God bless you. I think I see you. God bless you. Any other person? All right. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Four. Awesome. Praise God. Five. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 You know, I like to pray for you personally. I like to touch you at least. Can you, can you please come forward? Can you please come? I just like to hold you personally. Thank you. God bless you. I'd like you to come, please, my brother. Come. All right? I'd like you to come. God bless you. I'd like you to come. I have somebody from the back there. Please come. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have one more person. Oh, wow. Wow. God bless you. 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 I'd like to pray with you. This is a very important decision you are making. I know you made this carefully. I know you were led by the Spirit. We prayed for you that you, as you are coming, that you will make this decision. I made this decision more than 25 years ago. And it's a very important decision. You are asking Jesus to be your Savior and to be the Lord of your life. I want you to know that Jesus takes this decision very seriously. He's the Savior. And no one that comes to him will he reject. It doesn't matter what you have done, whatever sin you have committed in your life. Are you coming? Please come. God bless you. It's not too late. If you still want to come, please come. It doesn't matter. I want you to know that no more guilt. Alright? Once you've come to Jesus, no matter what you have done, it's been cancelled. It is as if it never happened. In fact, as far as he's concerned. I want you to know now that you also now have a savior, a personal friend, someone you can call, someone you can turn to, someone you can call his name. And I want you to know that from today, you also have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, the Holy Spirit, and you're going to learn more about him, he's our teacher. He teaches you how to walk. He teaches you how to obey him. He teaches you how to, how to understand God. He teaches you how to live. He not only teaches you, he empowers you to obey him. So I'm going to pray for you. And I would like you to repeat after me. I want you to say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross because of me. Thank you for the beautiful exchange. 
that I have your righteousness and you took my sin. Today, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Through what you did on the cross of Calvary, I have become righteous. And I thank you for that. I declare you are the Lord of my life. You are my Savior. And I will live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before you go today, the bulletin you were giving, I want you to please write your name and the decision you made and make sure you hand it over to one of the ushers. All right. Or put it in the offering basket. We're going to reach out to you and make sure we, we, we have you. God bless you. Let's put our hands together for them. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you. We pray that your word will continue to live on in our hearts because they are living word. We pray that your word will produce fruits of righteousness in our lives. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray.